many things I love about Jesus. Most of all, I love that He's my Savior. Can anybody testify to that today? Thank God for His mercy. Jesus will save anybody. You don't believe me? Look around this room this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ took upon Himself the sins of the world so that whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I thank God that He is a saving Jesus. If you need saving, He will save you this morning. But I also know Him as a healing Jesus. Some of you know my testimony. I was dying of a brain aneurysm. They took me to Wayne Memorial Hospital, thought I had the flu. Hours later, they did a CT scan, and I had extensive bleeding in five regions of my brain. They flew me to Chapel Hill, and somewhere between Goldsboro and Chapel Hill, God did a miracle because when I got there, there was just one drop of blood. And I believe that one drop of blood was a testimony that the blood of Jesus was at work in my life. I was laying on the church floor dying out of my mind. And the people who were there said that I was praying in the Holy Spirit. My mind was shut down and gone, but my spirit was working. Hallelujah. More recently, I had to, got to the point where I could, I had such severe carpal tunnel in both hands that I gave up. Anybody ever just, you gave up? In just a real moment of honesty, I gave up. I said, you know what? you got to fix it. I talked to the surgeon. We scheduled surgery. I had my COVID test so I could get into the hospital. I had my pre-op and post-op medications filled. And I had a friend call me. And he said, Josh, I want to pray for you. And y'all know, it's supposed to be called the male thing. The power for this very hour. I had given up. I was like, Lord, I'm just going to let him fix it. And I didn't even know I had enough faith to believe for anything in that moment. But he prayed for me. And God did a miracle that I wasn't even expecting. That's how great and good God is. He is the healer. I need a little bit of faith. I had a half of a mustard seed in that moment. But God used it. Come on, say Jesus is the healer. Somebody needs healing today. Jesus is here and he has not changed. Tell your neighbor, Jesus heals. You need to know that He's still in the healing business. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Title of my message this morning, God's Will for Healing. I would say the number one barrier to people getting healed is they simply don't believe that it's God's will for them to be healed. 1 John 5.14 says this, This is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. The implication, saints of God, is that we should know the will of God and pray according to the will of God. Yet so many people, when they pray for healing, they add the conditional, if it be thy will. Child of God, we all not pray in such a manner because healing is God's idea in the first place. In Exodus 15, 26, God told Israel in the Old Testament, He said, I am the Lord who heals you. In the regional Hebrew, it's a compound name, Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord, your healer, is one of the names of God. When you pray for healing, don't insult the character of God by saying, if it be thy will. F.F. Bosworth called it the faith-destroying praise. I've never seen anybody healed with that kind of prayer. 
You can pray with confidence because healing is God's identity. It's His name. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. In the corporate world, when you're, when you're brought into a position, there's often what we call fringe benefits. In other words, you get the job, but there's other benefits that come with that job. Did you know there are fringe benefits that come with being a child of God? The main thing is eternal life, but there's so much more that comes with it. Psalm 103, David said this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Healing is a benefit that belongs to you. Psalm 107 and 20, He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. How many of you want to know more about the nature and the character of God? Anybody? Here's how you understand God. Jesus Christ is perfect theology. Jesus Christ is perfect theology. Study the things that Jesus said and Jesus did and you'll discover who God really is. Colossians 1.15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Colossians 2.9 says, For in Him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus is the perfect representation of the divine nature of God. He is the perfect representation of the will of God and the perfect representation of the heart of God for humanity. Islam claims to know about God. Christian science, which is neither Christian nor scientific, claims to know God. Mormonism claims to know God. Hinduism claims to know three million gods. But according to what we read in the Bible, Jesus is the only authorized representative of God. He is the image of the invisible God. If you want to know what God is like, get to know Jesus. Everything Jesus Christ did was the will of God. He said that himself in John 6, 38, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. He was the perfect fulfillment of the perfect will of God. He came down from heaven to do the will of the Father. Well, what did He do? Matthew 9, 35. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and listen to this, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Matthew twelve fifteen. And a great multitude followed Him, and He healed... How many? You got it. Didn't have to look at the screen. He healed them... Oh, Matthew 14, 14, Jesus went out, He saw a great multitude, and He was moved with compassion for them, and He healed their sick. Luke 6, 19, the whole multitude sought to touch Him, for power went out from Him and healed them all. In Acts 10, 38, the Apostle Peter said it like this, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus ministered healing everywhere he went, and there is not a single time in all of the Bible where Jesus turned a sick person away. 
There was not a single time when Jesus came up to somebody or somebody came up to Jesus and Jesus said, nope, I can't heal you. God's will. Never. Not one time. And Jesus is the perfect representation of the will of God. He is perfect theology. Time and time again, Jesus healed them all. Everybody, or as we say, everybody. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus has not changed. He was the healer then, and He's still the healer today. In fact, you and I have more of a right to healing than the people He prayed for in the Bible because Jesus purchased our healing at Calvary. Isaiah 53 and 3, He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from Him. He was despised, and we esteemed Him not. Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes, we are healed. With His stripes, we are healed. When Jesus suffered on the cross, He suffered for our healing. Jesus did not shed His blood in vain. He wants you to walk in healing and health. Deuteronomy chapter 28, the Bible lays out the blessings of obedience and then it lays out the curse of the law. And it's not in my notes. I got it pulled up on my Bible app this morning. Sorry, Gabriel. <laughs> got you this morning. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 said, Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be out in the county. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. We live out in the country. Somebody in here has got flocks. I know it. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go. Come on, tell somebody, I'm blessed coming in, and I'm blessed going out. Verse 7, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all which you set your hand, and He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to Himself, just as He has shown you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in His ways. Now, that's a mighty big blessing, isn't it? We're recipients of that blessing. The Bible says that we are partakers of the blessing of Abraham. But then a little bit later down in verse 15, the Bible tells us the curse of the law. It says, but it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments and His statutes which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. 
Cursed shall you be in the city. Cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your land, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send on you cursing, confusion, and rebuke in all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. Mm. Going down to verse 52. It says this, verse 58, sorry. If you, do, if you do not carefully observe all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear the glorious and awesome name of the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring upon you and your descendants extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged plagues, and serious and prolonged sicknesses. Moreover, he will bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt. When you turn away from God, he brings back on you all the stuff you got set free from. Here's the curse of the law. He'll bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt of which you are afraid, and they shall cling to you also Every sickness and every plague which is not written in this book of the law will the Lord bring upon you until you're destroyed. You see what the Bible says there? Every sickness and every disease is in the curse of the law. There are two main points of the curse of the law. Sickness and poverty. It is not God's will for you to be broke and sick. Let me say that again. It is not God's will for you to be broke and to be sick. Hello. So that's the curse of the law. Poverty, disease. And the Bible says all the plagues of Egypt and every every sickness is not even listed in this book. That means everything. But here's the good news. Galatians 3.13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse of of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. Every sickness, every disease, every bit of lack and not enough, Jesus redeemed us from the curse. Come on, tell somebody, I'm redeemed. Come on, tell somebody else like you mean it, I'm redeemed. Colossians 2.14, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That's the formula right there. If you want to believe in your right to healing, read Deuteronomy 28, then go read Galatians 3.13, and that's proof right there. That's settled in the Word of God. By His stripes we are healed. I've heard cemetery professors teach that Isaiah 53 is talking about spiritual healing, but not physical healing. That's not what the Bible teaches. Sometimes people get so spiritual they can't even read what the Bible says. Matthew 8, 16, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. He cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our diseases. The Bible itself explains that that verse is talking about physical healing. 
It literally says that Jesus healed the sick and fulfilling that prophecy. Come on, tell somebody, God wants you healed. I tell you the truth this morning, I've never met a person who truly believed that it was God's will for them to be sick. I'm going to say that again. I have never met a person who truly believed that it was God's will for them to be sick, and I'll prove it to you this morning. I've met plenty of people who said it, but nobody who really believed it. And I'll tell you why, because they kept going to the doctor. Think about it. If God really wanted you sick, why would you fight it? Thank God it's not His will for us to be sick. Hallelujah. When I pray for the sick, I don't pray, Lord, if it's your will to heal them, heal them. I tell you why I don't pray that, because if you pray the first part, you've got to pray the second part. If it's not your will to heal them, then go ahead and kill them. If you pray that second part, don't pray for me. <laughs> Come on, tell somebody, God wants you healed. I'll tell you one thing, the devil doesn't want you healthy and well. John 10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal and kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and they may have it more abundantly. Is being sick all the time, is that more abundant life? I don't think so. God is good and he wants you to be healed. It's the devil that steals, kills, and destroys. God is the author of a life. Jesus went around healing everybody. He said in John 14, 9, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. God is good, and He wants to heal and restore your life. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, He wants to heal you. In Matthew 15, a Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus. She was not an Israelite. She had no right, no business. Okay, if she walked into place, all the ushers would say, uh-uh, you stay away from her. She came to Jesus asking for Him to heal her daughter. Matthew 15, 25, she came and worshipped Him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered her and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. How many of y'all know that Jesus wants some hippie walking around all the time throwing peace signs, wearing flowers, singing Kumbaya? Jesus can be a little rough sometimes. Jesus will test you. He will test you through adversity and persecution and trials and tribulations to see what you're made of. He said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Listen to me this morning. Healing is the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. Bread. We were once like that Syrophoenician woman. We were not worthy of receiving anything from God. We had no right, no place at the table. But now, through the blood of Jesus, we have been made children of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Romans 8.15, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness within our spirit that we are children of God. Child of God, you do not have to beg for crumbs at the feet of Jesus because God has given you a seat at His table. You are a child of the King. You've been adopted into the family of God and your Father in Heaven loves you. Matthew 7, 8, for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. 
What man is there among you if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? There is nothing I wouldn't do for my child. There has never been a single time when he was sick that I would not have gladly taken that sickness upon myself. How much more do you think God loves you? First Peter 2.24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. In case you haven't figured out where we're going with this, I'm about to lay hands and pray, pray for people who need healing in their bodies. But before we do that, we're going to put the first thing first. Jesus is the Savior. If you're here today and you need salvation, you need freedom on this 4th of July weekend, you need real, true freedom. Because the Bible says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Real freedom only comes through faith in Jesus. Jesus gave his all for you. The Bible says God demonstrated his love. He proved his love for us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were at our worst, God gave his best for us. And Jesus will receive anybody who's willing to come to him by faith. Will you stand at your feet this morning and join me just a, a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for life and freedom that comes from you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your heart for humanity, that you are good and you love people. God, more than anything, you loved us so much that you gave your one and only Son. You gave your all for us. Lord, I thank you that the blood of Jesus is so strong and powerful. It has the power to change and transform any life it'd be if we simply humble ourselves before you and receive you. And God, if there's anybody here listening right now that hasn't put their faith in Jesus, God, I pray, Lord, that this would be their moment, their day of freedom, their day of transformation. Lord, I thank you they're not here by accident or by mistake, but you set this moment up. This is their divinely appointed moment, God, to step into new life and freedom, to be free from the weight, the burden, and the guilt of sin, to step into the life and freedom that only comes from Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. I want to lead you in a simple prayer to help you start your journey of faith. This is not a one-and-done thing. You're making a commitment now to walk with Jesus for the rest of your life. And I promise you, it might not always be easy, but you will never, ever be the same. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving your all for me. I believe in you. I receive your love. I receive your mercy. I receive your forgiveness. Make me brand new. And with your help, I'll follow you. I'll walk in your ways. I'll trust in you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer, you've made the greatest decision of your lifetime. I want you to say this out loud. Come on, say, I belong to God. I don't belong to the world. I don't belong to sin. I belong to Jesus. I am His. He is mine. And I am free. Hallelujah. Do you believe that this morning? Thank you, Jesus.